0: Welcome to the MLB Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Averill, Certified Financial Planner, Certified Private Wealth Advisor, former pro athlete, and the co-founder of AWM. I'm joined by my co-host, former Major League Baseball pitcher and Certified Financial Planner, Travis Chick. Our goal on the MLB Draft Podcast is to provide you with the roadmap to successfully navigate the MLB Draft and becoming a professional athlete. You're going to hear from scouting directors, GMs, agents, former and current players, elite performance coaches, and of course, leading financial experts. What has traditionally seemed like a black box, we are going to bring to light the critical details you need to know to help you make the decisions that are in your best interest. So with that, let's jump right in. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the MLB Draft Podcast. Travis and I are definitely excited to jump into today's episode because we're talking about who are the people that you are going to lean on and rely on to make this big decision around the draft. And so we know that a lot of you are in the middle of this process of choosing agent representation or or meeting with financial teams. And these decisions can commonly be filled with sometimes a sense of confusion. There's definitely competing objectives of the people that are in the room giving you the advice. And you have to do this with very limited resources in this looming deadline that June is coming. And what we found unsurprisingly that uh, to most listeners is that we as humans, we don't really have the best track record of always making the right decisions. And Today, our goal is to be able to help you guys have a framework and the right questions specifically around choosing your sports. And so I want to say from the offset that we absolutely will not um, be recommending any specific agency or even uh, crossing off any agents for you. We believe that that's ultimately your guys' decision. And it's something that you as a player need to own because this is this is going to be your choice in your relationship. But with that said, we're very confident uh, over our decades of experience that we're going to be able to help you have the right framework and the right questions uh, to help you be successful. And before we jump into what those questions are, is I think it's great to identify what are the barriers to making the right decision? And the first one we talked about, right, is just this lack of time. The fact that depending on when you're listening to this podcast, it could be six months out from the draft. It could be a year out from the draft. But when we're rushed, this is when we make mistakes, right? It's the ultimate, we want to be quick, but we don't want to hurry. The other thing that we see happen is just information overload is, It is great that there are a lot of people that want to help, uh, whether that's a club coach, there's a college coach, there's different agents that you're interviewing, financial teams, former current players. And I think it's just one of those deals that you can become overwhelmed and paralysis by analysis. And so it's this importance of having the right process to distill what information matters And that's really a mistake we see is most families just don't have any type of process. And so hopefully you will walk away from this episode feeling like you have this framework and process to be able to make the decisions. And then the last thing I'd hit on is we as professionals don't really do you guys a service because a lot of times it's, hey, just do your due diligence is the advice we give you. But that's also this assumption that you have the skill set and you know what questions to ask, which largely is just untrue. And so what ends up happening is families are really trying to do the best they can, but they're just asking the wrong questions. And when you ask the wrong questions, you're going to get an answer. It's just the wrong answer. And so with that, I I want to ask you, Travis, to really start this conversation off of what's the proper framework when we are sitting down with uh, agencies to evaluate them?
1: Yeah, no, it's 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 funny because you think about baseball and how big baseball as an industry feels, um, and, and there's several agencies, there's several advisors, there's several financial teams, there's several companies that are competing in this industry. But at the end of the day, they're competing for you know 900 major leaguers and another. You know, realistically, hundred or two hundred draft picks, and so that when you crunch it down, it's not a huge network, and so that's what makes it even more difficult. Is you have these this mass number of people that are competing for your business. So, oftentimes, what happens, what we see is that many clients um, or, or many draft picks, especially the the first question that they'll ask is, "Okay, uh, let me see your current client list and what types of clients do you currently represent and how many do you currently represent." And at the end of the day, that's a really, really good place to start, but it drills down even further with, you know, what is the breakdown of your current major league and minor league players that you represent? Um, but then more specifically for the people listening to this podcast, um, and, and and the reason I say it is because if you're here, you're, you're expecting or planning on being drafted in the top, you know, 50 to 100 picks. And so what experience specifically does the company that you're looking at representing you have with working with those types of draft picks over the last three years. You know, oftentimes people will kind of be legacy clients and they'll get drafted and, um, you know, have that client for the next 10 to 15 years, but they won't really dig into the... Representation in the draft currently, and what we've seen is that 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 experience has changed significantly over time. Uh, even you know back when you and I were getting drafted, Eric, it's it's a completely different experience, which we kind of touched on you know in the last podcast. And so it's very important to to drill down and what experience they have over that in the last three years, and and do they have the experience working with those? Um, you know, the really the front office people are going to be the ones calling. Uh, this type yeah, of, I, I think of you make a,
0: a fantastic point. There is a great place, definitely, is to start as saying, does somebody have experience working with clients that are going specifically through what I am? Um, but the other thing you hit on right is, this is a ten billion dollar industry that we've covered before, and so you are going to have new people entering into this marketplace, and it's also this really vulnerable place to be as the client because. This is something that you don't have a lot of experience in. And so you're at the mercy of kind of the industry policing itself, which is not overall great at doing. Um, And where we see this show up is how you were being recruited, right? Is there is this, this whole industry where all of a sudden you might be a freshman, sophomore, you know, junior in high school, and these sports agencies start popping up, whether it's, you know, texting you, calling you, showing up at the field, which is, can be overwhelming in the beginning. And you don't actually know if the person you're talking to is a recruiter or an agent. And the analogy I think about here is a recruiter is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just, do you know you're talking to a recruiter? It's one thing if you go into the Apple store, you don't expect the engineer who built the computer to be standing in the store. Like, you know, I'm going to talk to a salesperson who has an incentive to get me to buy one of these computers. They do have some expertise and, and, and that's great, but you're not believing that you're talking to the engineer. Whereas a lot of times people will misrepresent, you know, I'm the agent that represents what, you know, X, Y, Z major league player. Well, that's probably half true. The agency does, but that individual doesn't have the expertise and the skill set. Or, you know, in our space, we see it. There's a lot of people out there that call themselves financial advisors, but very few of them are actually certified financial planners. They're just salespeople that work for a big name company. And so I think a, a, a set of questions that's so important to know is when you're talking to someone, like, are you a limited certified agent or are you actually? a fully certified agent? And are you the one who's going to be talking to the teams? And the the dirty side of the business is just some of these other questions you want to ask is, you know, is somebody really just being a salesperson trying to get a finder's fee for making an introduction? And a lot of these club coaches, they have arrangements, right? There are certain arrangements and relationships that are financially bound. And so, I would ask that when people are starting to introduce you to agents a very good question is do you have a financial incentive on who I choose as an agent when you're recommending certain people
1: Yeah absolutely it's 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 important to know because at the end of the day you know every as as you know obviously every relationship that we enter into personally it's it, it's a fiduciary mindset which means obviously we're obligated to act in your best interest uh, we're legally obligated into your best interest, and so from that same mindset, you you kind of want to feel like you're entering into that agency relationship, which technically they're supposed to be fiduciaries on your on your you know relationship as well. And so, if they're parading around and. Um, throwing out these these finders fee, it, it it's pretty difficult to to trust that situation in my opinion.
0: Absolutely agree. And so, uh, staying on this conversation of expertise, right? I think sometimes uh, we forget to break down the simplicity of what we're talking about. Is that as a player, what's happening is you are hiring an agency or a specific agent where you're going to end up paying them a commission based off of your contract negotiation, right? Typical fees are four to 5% of the value of the contract in which <clears throat> they've negotiated. So in the draft situation, you sign for $4 million, you're going to pay $200,000 to an agency, right? For for the advice. Right. And so at that point, it's like any other service provider, you want to know, number one, you're not learning on me. So you have the experience, but do you have the actual expertise that I'm going to get the value out of, right? It's paying someone a fee is not a bad thing, as long as you get value above and beyond the cost of the fee. And so, Travis, maybe walk us through what are some of the questions that families need to be asking that are going to reveal whether or not somebody actually has expertise?
1: Yeah, I think there's, it's really kind of a two sided question. You know, ideally, when you hire an, an agent, you, you're, you're hiring them first for their skill set to be able to negotiate those contracts. They are the attorney that should be negotiating those contracts. And so, one of them is, do you actually negotiate those contracts yourself? Um, if not, who does that? And then, two is, does your firm actually employ labor lawyers to be able to make sure that that contract that was negotiated is as it should be? Um, and then the, the back part of that question is, you know, obviously the negotiation of the contract is important, but you know, now the, the generation of the analytics into these contracts, what we're seeing is the contracts are being suppressed from the team side with the analytics, but how can, a, how can an agency combat that to go into that negotiation very well prepared? So do they have an analytics department um, and how do they use those analytics in the contract negotiation and play representation in general? Uh, and, and then, you know, that even leads into it and probably a little bit, you know, premature, but, you know, thinking through salary arbitration, free agency, things like that. But even now with all the data that comes out of these perfect games and the Under Armour All-Americans and, you know, all these tournaments, that, you know, the player development deal in, in Florida, you know, there's so much information on these players now uh, that it's, it's absolutely imperative, in my opinion, to be able to have that analytics from an agency perspective, to go into the draft to be able to be well prepared.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, that I we talked about it last uh, podcast, right? That uh, these agencies that have these analytic departments they can talk to you about what are the inputs that these teams are valuing on who you are as a draft pick you know it's it's one of those things that you as an as an agent are helping your client understand these teams are not evaluating who you are today it's who they think you're going to be as a major league player and it's understanding the criteria of what they're valuing and so for me, if I was in a situation, right, where Le- Levi's only two right now, but if my son and I was going through this process to hire an agent, it'd be one of the most important questions I ask is going, as the, as the landscape has changed, do you have the financial resources and the team uh, to help really combat this, this analytic, you know, this analytics craze from front offices? So I think it's a really, really important question to ask. And then on the arbitration side that you mentioned is. You know, we, we work with 75 plus major league players. We've got a handful of them uh, that it's the middle of arbitration right now that are unsettled. And in talking to the different players, uh, I can tell you there's a difference in the quality of, of representation. And so, unfortunately, we get to see behind the curtain. We get to see a lot of the mistakes that are made. And you can tell that the, the agencies that have the analytics departments are Vastly more prepared than a, a lot of the other agencies that are still operating with an old playbook.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just a matter of you know being able to have that resource as an, an agent that's advocating for your your value against the team. Right. The team is going to provide what they believe your value is, um, and that's that's no different than the draft, uh, arbitration, free agency. They're going to have your value, and so by having an agency that actually understands what that value is and is able to communicate that with you. Um, the only thing that that can do is benefit you as a player to be able to, to hone in those skills on that value. If, as an example, if I throw a hundred miles an hour, but my spin rate is, you know, below average, um, you know, I don't know if that's something that you can specifically work on, but at the end of the day, if you understand that, then you can start to develop a plan on how to manipulate that value in your best interest. At the end of the day, the reason that, you know, the, the back end of why you're playing this game is to make yourself uh, financially independent for the rest of your life at a very young age, right? Obviously, this is a dream that many of us um, have gone down and, and tried to achieve, uh, but at the end of the day, you know this is a financially motivated business, and being able to understand that value is is really the only way to and, and stand I think out from the crowd. it's important at this to point.
0: to sit there and realize what you just said is this is about being a professional, right? This is about handling the business side of your career, and the reason I bring this up is we where we see players make mistakes is choosing agents or financial people for the wrong decisions. What I would call the bells and whistles. It's, you know, can you help me build a brand? What concert tickets can you get me into? What, you know, what golf hookups could you, you have, uh, on the financial side, we see, you know, business managers, uh, touting, we've got these like luxury travel agencies where we'll book your hotels for you and in your flights and your trips. And it's, those are all nice to haves, but to me it's a lot of noise when in the reality you're paying somebody 5% of your of your contract earnings and off the field it's usually 15 to 20% of the value of your car deals and appearances is right. do you have the actual expertise? And this is probably going to shock the listeners, but there are agents out there that actually outsource their expertise when it comes to Arbitration and contract negotiation. They literally hire outside people because of the acknowledgement that they don't have the resources or the expertise in house. And, you know, we saw it come across from the MLB union, a players union, uh, recently that they're now requiring uh, certain agencies to hire outside counsel and they're actually reimbursing them like up to 50%. It's almost the rewarding certain agencies for not having expertise. And I just think that's wild, right? Like in no other industry would you say, Hey, pay me the full freight. I actually don't have any of the expertise. I'm just going to outsource it. I mean, this is to me is it's just crazy. And if I was a, a parent or, you know, a player, I would want to know, like, are, does the union require you to hire outside counsel? And I'm not saying that's terrible for every single purpose because there are certain agencies they're requiring to do it and they've actually been to arbitration and they've done a long term deal. And so I think it's just a very important question you need to ask of any agent that you're about to hire.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think there's two parts to that question too, because at the end of the day, um, you know, you're hiring somebody to, to, to go to battle with you. You're hiring somebody that's understanding your day-to-day operations, how to add value, you know, as, as you go through your career. Um, and the scary part for me is that if you do have that outside counsel, does that person intimately know the type of player that you're going to be? Um, you know, the really good agents do a really good job of knowing you probably better than you know yourself. And that's the type of person that you want with the information that you want to go to battle for you when it comes to that arbitration time. Um, you know, and then I think the other part too is just, you know, it's, it it just exposes expertise, right? You, you know, you hit on it a little bit too. Do, do you want somebody that, that actually has to go outside and ha- handle that on the outside? And and that's just a, a to me, that's a scary proposition. Um, you hire somebody for their expertise. The next thing, and there. this is
0: more maybe moving into, A question or a thought process that falls a little bit after the expertise. And so I think it's really important if you have a decision tree, right? It's like, first and foremost, are you qualified? Like, do you have the expertise? If you don't have the expertise, if you haven't demonstrated that, you shouldn't even take a meeting with with these companies, right? Whether it's on the financial side or the agent side is don't let them through the door. Then it's like, okay, you have some expertise do you have experience? Have you actually done it? You know, it's it's one thing to have uh, the book smarts and, and the qualifications, but you don't want somebody who's going to be learning on your son or you as the athlete. You know, I don't know what the numbers are. I know it's more than, you know, have they done it more than five times? It doesn't need to be a hundred times, but I, I think that's important. And once you've gotten through those two answers, I think the next question is really important is, you're at the beginning of your career. You're 18 or 21 years old when you're walking into professional baseball. And we know this, that the the regular trajectory between when you sign and the next time you're going to have a contract negotiated is most likely going to be your first year in ARB or some short-term deal. You're talking about seven to 10 years down the road, right? And so if you're 18 years old, and hopefully you plan on having a long professional career, let's call it, you know, 15 to 20 years, is your specific agent and is your agency going to be around 10 years from now, 15 years from now? Or are you going to find yourself in a situation where you all of a sudden have to change agent representation during one of the most important times of your career because they've either retired or very candidly, they're just so old, they've aged out of the business. And so I just think that, it's okay. If you hire a certain agent today, you need to understand and ask the question, what's your contingency plan? What happens if you go away?
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it's, it's, to me, it's similar to, you know, getting married, right? Nobody gets into a a marriage expecting to get divorced. Um, You know, that's a whole nother topic. But at the end of the day, this is a, you know, in in a, in a, in a very good baseball career, you're going to have, you know, three to four, maybe five opportunities to really quote unquote cash in. You're going to have the draft, you're going to have, you know, two to three arbitration years, and you're probably going to have two to three at best, you know, free agent contracts. Uh, But like you hit on that, that first one is, is obviously the draft, but the next opportunity is typically seven to, you know, eight or nine, 10 years away. And if, if you have to go through multiple changes between that period, um, you know, kind of like I hit on a minute ago is, is what, how intimately does that agent um, know you and the type of player that you are and what value has he brought to the table over the last six, seven, eight years? Um, I think that's extremely important. And and knowing, knowing from a player standpoint, just security and in the relationship that you've established is, okay, I know that in five years, this guy, whatever agent this is going to be is going to help me and you feel really good about that. And, and anytime you can take uncertainty off the table in your career, um, speaking from experience, anytime you can take uncertainty yeah, off the table, you're going to be a lot I better off. I
0: think is, this is so helpful with this framework. What I wanted to move into is what are some very specific questions surrounding the draft that that we've seen happen that we want to hit on? And, and I want to bring up a, a recent situation, right? Of it's very important. We worked with, uh, you know, four of the first ten overall picks in this this most recent draft, and they're all represented by different agents. And so it's it's we get this purview into how the process happens, but. One of the things is we saw one player go through a bad experience, not because of the result, but because of the lack of involvement in the information and expectations of of what teams are going to do. And so it's one thing you need to remember. These professional teams have an agenda to try and sign you for the least amount of money, right? Your agent uh, is supposed to be keeping you up to date on information flow. And so one of those things is if you're a parent and a player, one of the questions I would ask is... How much do you actually involve me as the player or the parents in the process of, of advising and representing the player with teams? It's one of those things that I understand as an agent, you probably don't want the, the parent talking to the team because parents are a little bit more emotional. And these are assassin negotiators, right? At these billion dollar companies, and they are going to try and find a, a weakness to be able to get you to commit to an amount of money less than what you you actually deserve, But at the same point is I think it's very important that agents keep you informed along the way, because at the end of the day, this is your career. You know, don't forget that as a player, your agent, your financial team, we all work for you as the client and you have to own the relationship. And unfortunately, we've just seen situations where players who've actually gotten the right result go back and blame their agent, end up switching agents, um, because of a lack of information. And so I just, I would ask your agent, like, what's the process? How evolved I am? What's the information I can expect to have? You know, what are your thoughts around that, Trav?
1: You know, I I think communication is, is the only way to, you know, a very direct and open line of communication is the only way to kind of enter into this type of relationship. Um, yes, the agent's job is to hold your hand through the whole process. Um, but, but it's because he's pulling you along with him and not keeping you in a silo. And because kind of, like I said earlier, I mean, at the end of the day, this is, you know, a a career where it, it, if you have understanding and clarity, uh, through your career, you're going to be in a better situation. You're not going to be left in the dark. And there's that uncertainty that I talked about. Um, you want to know where it's going to be and you want to know what the opportunities are, but you also need to be able to, from a business mindset, remove the emotion of what's about to happen. You know, this is a very big deal that is going to happen for a lot of the guys listening to this podcast, um, potentially life changing money. Right. Um, and so having this information up front just allows you to kind of drown out that noise and drown out that emotional. decision. Yeah, that's going I think it's this. great.
0: And staying on um, the communication train, one of the biggest questions that we see that a lot of agencies, it doesn't seem like they do a good job of communicating with the player on what information is being flown to to Major League Baseball and the teams is around the medical information, right? There, there's been yeah. case study after case study where somebody fails a physical or there's this conversation of medicals. And, you know, once again, because of of the purview that we have behind the curtain, like this was a big thing with some of our high-end draft picks last year. You know, we were fortunate to work with, you know, I think it was seven or eight uh, first-round picks. And almost to a T, every team tried to... Uh, bring up some medical condition or some issue in the negotiation and so really i would ask the agent how have you handled medical information being disclosed to teams how proactive are we in the in the pre-draft process and so i just think asking that question is is so paramount and then the third and kind of final question we would bring up is at the end of the day, this is a financial decision, right? You, yes, they are contract negotiators. You're paying them a commission, right? For a very time bound specific skill set. But as we talked about this commissions on the gross amount of their money. Um, and so the agent, whether you, you know, once you get paid $4 million, their vested interest is gone, but for you, it's the after tax amount of money. And so a big question you need to ask is from an agent standpoint, how do you approach finances? Does, does your agency handle it in-house or do they outsource it? How do you handle taxes? And we obviously are very opinionated on this and, and you know we'll get into that and we'll spend the bulk of next episode detailing that out. But Travis, walk me through maybe what are some of the concerns and, and how this should be handled.
1: Um, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have to have an entire podcast on this one. Um, a big picture is how it should be handled is very carefully, um, you know, and very businesslike. And so, uh, you know, at the end of the day, you're hiring an agent to be an expert contract and negotiator. And I, I end that sentence almost with an exclamation point because it really should stop there. Um, because we recognize in our on our side of the line is they are absolutely experts in that situation or they should be right, um, but they are not experts, admittedly so in handling finances, handling tax planning, handling tax negotiation. Um, you know, we presented a case on on the on the number one draft pick last year on how much. How being very proactive can be super beneficial just from a tax perspective alone, and so um, I think that that's a very a very strong line that needs to be drawn between the agency and the finances, you know, because it's yeah, recognizing expertise and where expertise just to kind of
0: summarize that and and maybe I'll lead you into the conversation we'll have next week is once again it goes to asking the questions of if you do provide it in house because there are certain agencies that. Um, essentially have a business manager uh, in-house is asking, is this in the best interest of the client or are they providing these services? Because very candidly, it's just, you know, it's it's more hooks in the, in the relationship and it's more about protecting the agent relationship than it is what's in the best interest of the agency. And so one of the things that we will walk through and argue is, right, is you're trying to put the best in class experts around you And from what we've learned, and and you look around in the world, is very rarely is somebody going to be captive to only one agency, right? And that seems like that's more in the interest of the agency than it is of the player. And so we look forward to getting into the detail of who to trust with your money in the next episode. And so we really appreciate your guys' attention today. I know we covered a lot. We're going to put in the in the podcast show notes all the questions that we broke down. And then we also have a resource, a recommended, you know, more extensive questionnaire that you can take in to uh, interviewing different agencies. And so if that's something of interest to you, we encourage you to reach out to us at eric or Travis uh, at com or, or hit us on our website and we'll make sure to get that resource in your hand. And so... We uh, appreciate your time and look forward to spending it with you on the next episode of the MLB Draft Podcast. Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show. We hope that you enjoyed it. Our goal here with the MLB Draft Podcast is to make this the go to resource for all families and athletes looking to take their career to the next level. And so this show really is all about you. And we would love to hear from you. Are there any questions you have, topics that you would love for us to cover? Please do reach out. You can shoot us an email at eric at athletewealth.com or travis at athletewealth.com. Of course, you can find us on social. We're on all the major platforms at Athlete Wealth. And if you'd like to set up a phone call with us, you can reach us by going online to athletewealth.com and you'll see right at the top of the page there's a button where you can schedule a call directly with us and so we would love to hear from you and until next time stay focused stay hungry and be a pro